0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Networking Show brought to you by Your Partnerships. I'm your host, Lee Randall Pivers, and today I have the privilege of introducing you to a wonderful gentleman called Gavin Harris. Now, Gavin started his business, Kerno Social Media Agency, in the pandemic. Is he crazy or is he not? Let's find out his story. He's got a great story to tell. So Gavin, welcome to the podcast, mate. It's great to have you on. Um, I just want everybody to know about your story, mate, because you've got a great story to tell. Uh, you started off this business in the pandemic, uh, so we'll go back to when you were little, Gavin. If you were ever little, Gavin, because you're about ten foot tall and built like a shed. <laughs> wow, built more like a,
1: more like a submarine at the moment. I'm very <laughs> round. So, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so uh, thank you very much for um, inviting me on here, mate. Um, uh, absolute pleasure. Really, really um, re- envious of what you and Brock have uh, created within your partnerships. And uh, a pleasure just to be a little, tiny, small part of it. Um, but yeah, um, a little bit about me. So yeah, little Gavin. Um, yeah, I was little little Gavin. I don't know how much I weighed when I was born. <laughs> um, but I was um, the, the oldest of three. Um, uh, born in Trulisque, um in, in Truro. Um, and uh, grew up in St Austell. Grew up in uh, all the little clay villages, um, started from Nampian and Foxon. Eventually, uh, mum and dad ended up in Truman. got uh, got a brother and a sister. And part of my, um, uh, a lot of people say to me, like, you know, why do you do what you do? And a lot of my, um, uh, a lot of my motivation has been around my little sister. So uh, not not many people know this. My little sister's mentally disabled. Okay. Uh-huh. She's uh, 18 months younger than me. And um, growing up, sec- uh, primary school had a lot of uh, lot of aggro. You probably expected like a nice positive story. It does get positive in the end, no problem. Um, <laughs> but my yeah, my little sister's uh, she's disabled. Um, uh, she doesn't have like a condition. Um, she's just um, like the brain of like a three-year-old, I guess you could okay. say. Um, so yeah, a lot of my motivation when I was when I was a kid, I bullied a lot. Um, you know, the, the old classic: your sister's a spastic, and and all this stuff. Um, always always kind of drove me and part of the reason why I joined the army um was because I wanted to to defend her. That was kind of like as a kid, 12, 13, 14, 15, do you know what if I become big and strong, I join the army and I'll always be able to look after her. And obviously it's not about that side of it because then when you hit a certain age, um you uh you, people don't make fun anymore. People people kind of understand don't they? Mm. So yeah, so um so that that's kind of how I started out. Um, uh, yeah left school at 16. No qualification, couple of uh, GCSEs, but nothing, uh, nothing to write home about. Um, but um, went and worked, uh, joined joined the army, put in my um, started processing the application to join the army. Uh, as soon as I left school, literally, uh, I think it was actually before I left school, Mum had to sign the a uh, little waiver, I was under eighteen. Um, but I went and worked in a factory for a year. Hated it. Worked with my dad, fell out on my dad a lot. Sixteen year old Gavin. Um, however old my dad was, there probably my age now. To be fair, where? But yeah, my dad works at um, uh, well, it was it was Roach Foods in Bugle, and then I think it's Tulip and Danish Crown, a few other, a few other names over the years that's been bought and sold. Um, but yeah, I went not worked there for a year. It was, it, was um, it put hairs on my chest, let me put it that way, working with a bunch of men, going literally from school and working with a bunch of men. But uh, my process, my application for the army was going through, and. Um, Joined the army at uh, 17 and uh, my, my uh, not really a lane to fame, but I basically, my first day basic training was September the 10th, 2001. Oh. So it was literally the day before the September the 11th attacks happened, which was, uh, again, obviously things just completely changed there. But um, stuck it out seven years, did, um, uh, did a couple of tours. So did, um, um, I was based with the 2nd uh, uh, Parachute Regiment down in Colchester. I did a tour with those guys for twelve months with those guys. That was that was uh, interesting to say the very least. Absolutely, the highlight of my career. And I did do some really cool things. I um, did did the um, changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace. I did um, again. I did a couple of tours, but that was the 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 kind of pinnacle, if you will, working with those guys. Absolutely, absolute legends, all of them. Um, then I left the army. Um, and I, um, I I, really struggled to begin with, because I, the reasons, and I won't go into the reason why I left the army, I think I've been brought a down note on this already, but the reasons why I left the army, um, um, I, I left, and, and I didn't kind of deal with a, couple, with, with a few issues that I was dealing that I was um, struggling with, yeah. um, so I left, and I was suffering with um, the symptoms of PTSD. I was never diagnosed with it, but I was suffering with the symptoms, and... I was doing um, security work and I was doing um, lorry driving and the lorry driving more so than the security work was, was bringing out the worst in me. Mm-hmm. I was really, really struggling. So, um, and then I had my daughter at 24, about a year and a half after I left the army when I did my and I had my And I was really struggling and, and mum and dad sat me down. Mum and dad were like, look, you know, you're obviously going through a lot. And then we, we kind of discussed the sort of family we were we are um we really really discussed it and and it turned out and and uh, it was the right decision it was the lorry driving that was really stressing me out so we said right okay either i need to move into security full-time or need to find something else need to find another job and i'd up until that point i'd never worked in an office so i said you know what? i really fancy a job in an office and i got a job with uh, um the money group in truro which a lot of people know for one reason or another
0: yeah um
1: cool. But I joined the Money Group as a, a tele tele sales agent, and um, I'll never forget. There was a guy called David Spark. I'm still friends with him now. A really, really top guy. Um, he came up to me after the first week. I'd hit target on this first week, and effectively, we were cold calling people, finding out about their um, financial situation, and if they were in a bad financial situation, offering them a solution. Well, I wasn't offering them a solution. I was effectively just um, um, just marketing and. and just checking that they fit the criteria. If they hit fit the criteria, then I could transfer them across to um, an advisor, or someone with a bit more experience than me, anyway. Um, but I hit target my first week, and it was uh, it was like seven seven leads, I think it was. And then you earned an extra hundred quid. And I remember David Spark, or Sparky, as he's affectionately known, came up to me and he said, um, "It's mate, you've done really, really well. Like, w- what's your experience?" And I told him my experience. He said, "Man, that's brilliant." He said, "Blue, well, you earned an extra hundred quid this week." And I was like, like a bit taken out, like, oh, okay, why, why is that? He said, well, you know, if you hit your targets, you, you know, you get paid. And it was at that point I kind of went, right, so what you're saying is the harder I work, the more I get paid. And he was like, yeah, that's exactly That's exactly the mindset. Well, you, oh, perfect. But this is the job for me because, again, throughout my military career, driving lawyers, I've always, always felt like I've given just 110% but without the rewards out of the back end, other people around me giving you know seventy eight percent or whatever. Um, so yeah, so that was the the start of my my um, my sales career. And That was about ten years ago. Um, and um, so you learn. Yeah, um, uh, say again, sorry. You know
0: the value of having incentives.
1: Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, it was um it was something I'd never experienced as well, but it was. It was, very, it was a very, very motivating experience and, and kind of, I suppose, looking back, probably the closest thing to owning your own business as I could, as I could get, um, because effectively, I wasn't just clocking in and clocking out and, and doing, doing my time. Um, it, was, uh, it was a case of the harder you work, the better, you know, the, the more money you'll get paid. So um, I, I, did a, I did a few sales jobs. I did that. Um, I, was at, uh, I was at the money group for four years. Um, then I went off and uh, worked for Anglia Windows. Um, that was a very, very short period of time. That was door knocking. I was running a team, but wasn't overly uh, wasn't overly excited about that. But then, um, probably after it was a couple of months, um, I got offered a position with a um, company called Clearly Finance, and they offered me a position as a telesales agent, which was effectively where I was four years previous. So I went in and I did my first day. And uh, one of the chaps there, uh, a guy called Craig Lamar, he um, he was the call centre manager, and he said um, he said Gary, he said you're um what were you doing coming in at this level? You know, you because I because I'd worked my way up within um, the money group after four years, and I was running like a third of the call centre at one stage. Um, so he said, what well, you know, why why are you coming at this level? Why are you coming at my level? And I said, well, you know, as needs must. You know, I need to earn some money and. And he, um, he had word with uh, Natalie Hadfield and, and Kevin Hadfield, I know both big um, keen advocates of, uh, of your partnerships as well. Um, he had a word with those guys and they gave me a little trial um, running the call centre with Craig and um, that worked really, really well and we built the call centre. I, I think it was about 15 members of staff. We built up to about 45 members of staff um, relatively quickly and we did very, very well. And, and I know those guys were really happy with us. Um, and uh, eventually that, that business got sold to um money plus i think it was called another big financial institute and then from there um i fancied because i'd always worked in b2c sales and i'd always been told about the about the um the kind of change of the money you could earn and again everything for me was was about money mm-hmm. um as it is for most salespeople. I got told about the the, the the money you could earn in b2b sales so i thought okay let's let's have a little look and I, I had a look around, there were lots of people taking on um, recruitment consultants. Okay, so, so I um, took a position at uh, Tank recruitment up at the Health and Wellbeing Innovation Centre, and that was uh, IT recruitment. I was there for just under two years, um, but I really kind of cut my teeth on dealing with business owners as opposed to clients, and it was a completely different sale, um, and it was a, a completely different experience to, to what, I'd, um, what, I'd, what I'd kind of been involved in before. Um, so again, yes, we did that for, um, uh, for a few years and then, uh, sorry, for about a year and a half, two years. Um, and, um, and then I got offered a, a position with Prism group. Um, in fact, you no, know, in between that I'd, I'd set up, um, again, switching back to B C, I C. I had an idea to set up a business, um, a pension business offering free pension reviews, mm-hmm. my luck. Right. So we set this, I, I set this business up. And um, within three weeks of me setting it up, all these new pension regulations got rolled out. So the business went from, okay, yeah, do you know what? I think we do quite well here, and a few friends that were doing it, um, kind of working from their living rooms, if you will. And within three months, um, or within three weeks, should I say, um, all this new pension regulations have been rolled out. So I looked at it, I looked at the new regulations, Of thought, do you know what? Can't see a business there anymore. That was my first kind of foray in the start business. Right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I basically I said, you know what, forget about it. I earned a little bit of money doing it, but it, I just couldn't see it long-term. And uh, funnily enough, I got offered a position with uh, Prison Media Group. Um, within Prison Media Group, they run events and exhibitions um, all across the world. And it looked really exciting. Again, it was B2B sales. Um, so I thought, Do you know what, let's give this a bit of a shot. And the, the chap there um, who offered me the position, he the way he kind of sold it to me, and it was, and, and it was exactly like this, it was, your, your desk is your business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Any business that you can generate is yours and you'll be left to deal with it from now until the end of time. And I was like, do you know what? That's what I want. That's the kind of thing that I want. So I did that, and I did that for four years and um, started off as an event manager, um, so effectively working somebody else's show. And then after about four months got off of my own show, um, which was a sales innovation expo. And I really, really made it my own. I just threw myself into sales, read as many books as I could um, from, from people that were, you know, kind of on the ground in the trenches, if you will, all the way through to the really, really big names like, you know, Greg Hardane and Chip Blunt and people like that. Wow. Um, so really kind of threw myself into it. And um, yeah, I was there for four years, um, helped build a show from a, a 1.1 million pound show Uh, up to, um, well, it actually started as a £3,000 show. And in the end it was sold for a a 1.4 million pound show when it sold. Um, and part of that was the B2B marketing expo. And it was, um, it was an incredible experience. And I learned a ton about marketing and learned a ton about selling and and also truth be told, I've learned a lot about myself as well, my own limitations and what I kind of expected of myself.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the inevitable happened, COVID-19 kicked in, and um, the, the awkward thing is that the 25th, 26th of March was when my show was meant to be running this year, 2020, right. and mm-hmm. um, I got made redundant on the 26th of March, so effectively day two of my show, which didn't go ahead of course, I was made redundant though, so I was a little bit... Uh, wow. ...good. Wow.
0: <laughs> was it the 23rd March, we locked down, Yes. Yeah
1: right so the Monday the Monday evening Boris, um came out and said yeah everybody from tomorrow who can work from home will work from home I work from home on the Tuesday I work from home on the Wednesday and then the Thursday I got the call so yeah it was um I was gutted because I, I saw myself being there kind of long term um, but but again it, it I feel like it put me in a very fortunate position because I learned speaking to marketeers and speaking to, to, to business owners of marketing companies all day every day for you know, almost four years, um, it, it kind of made my, my marketing knowledge go from there to there. And they were all from different areas from traditional marketing to digital marketing to, um, like marketing concepts that still haven't fully been released as of yet. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it really, really helped my knowledge. And and the, the really kind of bizarre thing is that I had this idea to start a social media agency on the, um, well it's actually the back end of February and I registered my business um current social media agency on the second of March so I kind of had this idea that I was going to do this in the background as I was running the show that was that was my um that was my initial plan sorry, sorry to sort of thing. side hustle yeah 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 um and then yeah 26th of March happened uh, I spent a week with the wife um kind of looking at what opportunities were were out there for a salesman and there was nothing, like no one was taken on, of course. Um, everyone had kind of reeled in their nets, if you will, and everybody was was effectively locked down. So but it was actually the wife, it was Lorna. She said, um, look, you've got this idea, just go with it. Just see how it goes. And that was, yeah, that was kind of history. And um, I would never have, Troopy be never have took the step if it was, if it was 100% me because I, I would have been too scared. That's the truth of it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we launched, um, officially, we, we start, well, I started working on it on the 4th of April and I got my first client on the 4th of April and then picked up a few more a week or two after. And um, yeah, it, it really kind of snowballed, really
0: snowballed. Wow. I think that's so inspiring because it's been such a difficult time for businesses, but I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books and YouTube stuff and everything from business owners and, and they all say the same thing the best time to start a business is during uh, your bad times. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, like you just said, tighten their nets, you know, you've done exactly the opposite. You started a business, you have got out there. Yeah. And you've got the people in. Wow. I applaud you. Thank you, mate. I do. But again,
1: it, it, it comes down a lot to, um to, to yourself and Brock and the Your Partnerships team. Um, A hell of a lot of introductions were made there. Um, there was a, a ton of support and, and, and when I say support I think a lot of people kind of misread that word in, in the sense that they think that um, you know people effectively just firing business at you all the time now that now that did happen and now again I, probably I would say 65-70% of my business has come from uh, your partnerships and from networking in general yeah. but it's it's the other things as well it's the um, it, I had a wobble I had a wobble probably about three weeks in, three or four weeks in. And at that point I had about three or four clients on board. But I had this massive wobble and I applied for a position. And it was, believe it or not, it was in the same factory I was in when I first left school. And I applied for this position. I was like, do you know what? I need to get some extra money in, like I'm worried about the family. If this doesn't work, what's my backup account? You know, we don't know how long lockdown's gonna be and I had all this stress and and Lorna again, absolute angel. She's saying to me, don't worry, we'll be fine. We, you know, we have a little bit of savings, we'll be fine, we'll get through it. Don't worry, just focus on what you're doing. And I, I wobbled and I went and did a shift at this place. It was a night shift and it was, I want to say it was 6 till 6. six I think it was 6pm till 6am. It was a 12-hour shift and uh, I came home in the morning and I broke down, like genuinely broke down because I was, I was convinced that I'd, I'd failed myself. And I was like, oh, you know, and, and and so all these emotions. It was just an absolute whirlwind. And again, Lorna just Lorna said to me, "Look, you can't do you can't do both. You need to choose one or the other." Look, if you don't want to give this a try, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think any worse of you. No one's gonna think any worse of you. But you, the decision has to be yours. And it was um it was kind of like one of those eureka moments of like, do you know what I wanted to get because my initial like my business plan, and I did do a business plan, but it went out the literally out of the uh, <laughs> yeah. it, I broke away from it after about a week of, of running because I'd already brought on more clients so my plan though was to get five clients within three months and I probably done that within about two or three weeks mm-hmm. so I was like do you know what I'm doing it I'm doing it without even knowing really what I'm doing I know about social media I know about marketing but I'm doing it already why why am I why do I think I can't do it and it was and again speaking to a lot of your partnerships members and and kind of people that have been in business certainly a little longer than me, imposter syndrome. That's what it was. It was, I don't deserve to be here. What I'm doing now, I shouldn't be doing this. This is someone else is better than me. And and it just, I just beat myself up with it. Um, but I think, again, I I still get it every now and again. Um, uh, every now and again, I'll kind of think to myself, Oh God, you know, you know, what if I get found out? And it's like, there's nothing to find out because I'm, I'm doing what I, you know, I, 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 my, my, my one thing has always been under promise and over-deliver. Mm. I've stood by that, and, I, and I'm not percent sure that I've done that of every single client that I offer, um, that, that, I, that I've worked with. But, again, I don't know if you have it, Lee, obviously you've got a lot more experience than me, but that little voice in the back of your head is going, yeah, someone else is going to come in and do this better than you, or, or whatever,
0: and it's saying, but it's, it's just there, you know, like a little devil on your shoulder. Yeah, do you know, I, I know where you're coming from because obviously I spent 25 years as an entertainer in the entertainment industry and I, I had that for a long time. You have a lot of self-doubt, self-conscious about yourself. But then I, I think it took me probably about 15 years <laughs> to get to a point where I thought, you know, I really don't, I don't care. I do what I do. You're never going to please any, everybody at the same time. But if you please some, somebody just one person in the room that I'm performing to, that's how I used to think, then I'm happy. I've done my job um, and I used to just go, I'm happy with that. And Yeah, and I think, I think everybody gets that to a certain extent, but it's just having the confidence in what you do um, that, that gets you through it. And in all honesty, I'm not just saying it because we're on the, the podcast here together, but anybody I speak to who works with yourself, who comes across yourself, just is nothing but good stuff so just be positive about what you do you're good at what you do and it obviously shows because people speak very highly of what you're doing amazing well it's good to hear and, I, and again everyone everyone's
1: been very very complimentary about what i do um but i think it's um i think it's just part of, of of running a business isn't it it's um it's like you say take in the positive and shield yourself from the negative and yeah. you know I've, I've been i feel very very fortunate that i haven't of the people I've met in business have been brilliant. have been amazing. They've been people that, you know, if I, um, if I have a problem or I have an issue, I go to them and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. We can get this sorted out or, or whatever. Um, that, that 1% and, and, you know, again, I think in, if you're employed, you know, there's there's people in the workplace who perhaps you don't have that 100% synergy with, Mm. um, uh, you know that one percent. I have met that one percent as well. So it's taking
0: taking take the positives and the negatives, isn't it? You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, like, so you started kind of social media agency. Um, yeah. You employed staff, uh, got an office within a matter of what was it weeks? Uh, yeah. So yeah, so we
1: started in April and then June, start of June, we moved into to the office, the little office down the end. Yeah. Now we're in the big office. <laughs> no, it's it's three square meters bigger it's i'm joking
0: <laughs> it's, but it's got more windows so but some people take a long time to get to that stage even employing like a first member of staff you know so you know that that's a good, a good confidence booster you should take for yourself as well and then uh just recently uh, as you've also added another side to the business which is the Kernographic design agency was that part of the plan or did that just come across did that come the idea come up like as the process went on um so yeah
1: i mean it was certainly never part of the plan i mean current social media agency was was again a bit of, bit of a pie in the sky dream i guess you could say um certainly wasn't at the start but um, the, the graphic design agency certainly wasn't there at the start but i um so i got to a stage i think i was at about 11 or 12 clients and i was doing management for Uh, seven or eight of them so we offer um, three three different services now we offer the management the advertising and um, the consulting so the management is effectively we're posting for clients every single day of the week Mm -hmm. um, making sure that their engagement stays up make sure we're posting good graphics with good captions things that capture people's attentions and, and make them want to engage because impressions and engagement we can talk about that another time but yeah. engagement is where the money is impressions are people that have seen your post engagement are people that have clicked on the link clicked on the picture gotten a shared liked commented, whatever that's what you want you want people to be to be engaging yeah so um, yeah. I was doing all that and I was using a, a program called canva to create the graphics I've never um, and I've, and I've had some really really good posts um, my own personal post when I've been employed that have um, I don't want to say gone viral but they've had tens of thousands of people read them so I know I've always known how to create good captions and stuff that people want to engage with it's the graphic side okay. um, and I was creating stuff on Canva and I don't mind saying it was m- a mediocre at best so we I, when I got to when I got to this point when I had 11 or 12 clients I was looking and I was working I was working every weekend I was working um, I was coming in at kind of half past six seven o'clock and I was working through to eight nine o'clock at night which I know in the entrepreneur world isn't uh, a huge amount of time, but it was, it was kind of counterproductive. So I was, you know, I'd, I'd said to Lorna, you know, if this does well, and if we do well, then I'll have more time to spend with you and the kids and, you know, we'll have more money and da 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 da. And um, I had no time. That's the truth. I was working like seven days a week. And I did that for a couple of months. Um, Cause again, we got there pretty quickly. Um, so it came to a point where, um, and, and again, had some people kind of saying, What well, you take taking on already? I'm like, Yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, that's so early. Like, you know, is that a really good idea? And I started down myself, thinking, Oh God, I'm like, should I? Is this something I shouldn't be doing? Should I be doing it? And again, kind of down with myself. But I decided, Do you know what? You're either growing or you're shrinking. That's always been my mindset. You either, you know, and that's as a person or as a business or whatever. So I was like, Do you know what? I'm going to grow and I'm going to continue to grow. So I thought you know what, I'm going to take somebody on board and that's where we we put the advert out um on, on social media of course because that's where I was going to be hopefully recruit somebody who could help me um and um and I thought you know what we'll um we'll, we'll, we'll put this post out I was looking for a social media um executive I think that's the role that put put out social media executive and um had probably 13 or 14 people apply for the position um, and some of which, um, because again, I've never, I have recruited for companies, but it's always been very basic roles. You know, can you speak on the phone? Yes, you can. You've got the job. It was that kind of thing. What I was looking for it, it was something quite specific, but I didn't really know what it was. So I had um, some amazing people apply for positions. Some people had degrees in um, um, copywriting um, or, or uh, you know, a big English um, 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 qualifications. I had people that were graphic designers, I had photographers, I had quite a mix, but some really, really, um, really, really good people. Um, so we thought, do you know what, right, we've got some amazing people here, let's, and this was me and Norma, like, do you know what, let's, let's, um, let's start interviewing. And we brought in, um, we, we, we booked in, I think three or four interviews, and it started on a Thursday, we had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, sorry, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, we had interviews booked in and we hired a room um, from the office that we were in as well. Um, And the first person we interviewed was Andrea and we came out of the interview and me and Lorna kind of sat down and we were like, I was like, I was like, she was good. And Lorna's like, she was amazing because Andrea was a graphic designer. And I was like, she's like, she said everything that we want to hear. Like, she seems like to to have similar interests to us as well like we explained that we're a startup business and you know there's always the possibility that in two months three months time we could be letting her go um and she was just like yeah no that's fine i want to make this work i want to succeed i want to be part of your story and and blah, da 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 and me and Lorna sat down with we her for about an hour and at the end of it we were both we we're both in agreement like oh my god we've got to offer this girl a job so working in recruitment i know that that's a big no-no you're supposed to you know treat them mean, keep them keen, you know. Yeah, we've got other interviews we're going to do. But we were both just so convinced that Andrea the right person. So we were like, you know what, let's just make this happen. So normally made the call on the Thursday. Um, I made the call to the people afterwards and said, look, I'm really sorry the position's been filled. Andrew started and, yeah, that was it. Um, but Andrew joined the company. She was working freelance at the time as, um, as a graphic designer, um, working for clients all over the country. She's originally from um, um, up north up near Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, so she very, very kindly um, to focus all of her energy on habits and she effectively sidestepped her own business, her own freelancing business. And um, and again, we didn't really speak about it at the time because it was nothing really to do with me at that stage. But um, eventually, a couple of months later, we started getting approached by people, can you do this for us? Can you do that? I really like the graphics you've done for, for this company over here. Could Andrea do that? And it was kind of like, okay, there's there's definitely something here yeah, um yeah. what do we do and um that's when we decided do you know what it, it's a it's the, the natural step from the social media side we have to offer it so that's what we did <laughs> you and great? Little,
0: you found a little nut oh,
1: yeah, a hundred do you know what i hear some absolute horror stories and again you know being in running call centers i i i um accidentally employed some real horror stories but yeah like andrea's brought this whole new side to the business and and she's amazing to work with she's just an incredible graphic designer
0: hey it's great (laughs) a really good tip i've picked up from listening to business owners is if you when you're employing people if you can share your vision of where you want your business to go and they buy into that vision and they want to be part of that you know, to get you there, help you, help get you there. It almost feels like they're a major part of the business, not just an employee, but it's their business as well. And they're the people that you need on your team.
1: 100%,
0: 100%. And it's,
1: you know, again, I mean, money is obviously really important in a business, but for me, that is, that's more important. Everybody being on the same journey. And I don't care if I have to take less money out of the business myself, um to, to invest in I don't know you know again the culture within the business or that person's salary or whatever I, I I've got no issues doing that as long as we're all on the same journey mm. and it's um again it's it, it was a, a real learning curve and I'll give a I'll give a little shout out here to Catherine Smith accountancy yeah. in uh inshere. Catherine came in um a few weeks back because I was uh I was really stressing over finances and not really knowing everything but she came in and she sorted everything out and she was like right okay this is because i i thought figure a was what was going out every month but it wasn't it was figure A plus ten percent i didn't take into consideration paye etc so she did an um, amazing job and, and came in again you're always learning aren't you so uh,
0: but yeah absolutely so you yeah. to go back now and see your younger self so say you're in a time machine you go back you see little gavin what what would you say to so little gavin a bit of business advice. If little Gavin wanted to start a social media agency when he got big, what would you give that? What advice would you give to your younger self that you have learned in your little business journey? Do you know what? It's probably the same advice I try and tell
1: myself every single day, genuinely. Um, and again, this probably this prob- could probably change in a month, but right now, and probably for the last couple of months, it's been. It would be um, take advice listen to people but always go with your gut right, right. That, that's what i would say because it's and um and a few people have said it to me actually they've said you know for example you know your, your accountant for example your accountant is really really important um your accountant is there to make sure you've got enough money coming in enough money going out and they're there obviously to to help to I don't want to say save your money um but save your money um on your tax etc and, and um they're there to help, but again, like you say, they don't, they won't have the same vision as you. They won't, they won't be, be kind of trying to project your business in the same direction. So take advice from people and make sure you listen to what people are saying. It doesn't matter if they're, they've only been in business for a month, three weeks or, or 30 years. Um, listen to what they're saying, but, but go with your gut.
0: Okay. Great advice that is. Um, so being a Cornish boy, i I'm, I think I know the answer to this, but are you jam first or cream first? <laughs> do you know what? I'm gonna go controversial
1: here. The way that I eat, because look, I'm a, you said at the start, you're a big boy. I am a big boy, I'm, I, but I've got down to 18 stone now. For me, jam and cream, you have your jam and cream. I yeah. do half jam, half cream. Brilliant. No do you know why I do that? Go on. Because when you're using the knife, regardless of whether you put jam on first or cream on first, you don't want to mix and match, do you? you don't want cream in your jam jar, you don't want jam in your cream jar. <laughs> so what I do is I smear it on, turn it around, smear it on. Then there's never any, any uh, no, risk of double <laughs> dipping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you sat right on the fence there, but I explained it perfectly, Gab. Yes, yes. Um, okay, this is something about you as well that I'm gonna throw in. Uh, your home, your desk, your car, which one would you clean first? Well, in terms of how dirty they are. No, what I, I, in your mindset? Yeah. Do you would you prefer? Do you work better with a tidy home, a tidy car, or a okay. tidy desk?
1: Considering I'm ex-military, I'm quite messy anyway. Right. But I would. Uh, have to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, people always say, "I bet all your stuff's well." You know, really, really well ironed. It's yeah. not. It's been, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Um, no, I would say, I would say, desk, home,
0: car. Right, in that order. In that order, I would right. say. Okay. Um. And do you have a specific book or a podcast you listen to or something that you would advise? our listeners to to listen, this has inspired you
1: yes yeah i do um so uh, there's one it's not very well known but it's um by um a, a, a chap called daryl prale he was a client of mine come from a company called vanilla Soft based in canada and he does a really really good podcast called inside inside sales okay um and it's and it basically is helping telephone prospectors um as much as i absolutely love social media and i know that social media can help people to generate leads for me the most powerful tool is a telephone um because that's where effectively you want this to end up as a telephone call you want uh, unless obviously you have an online store of course but majority of the time when you do b2b sales you want a you want a telephone call so i really really threw myself into um telephone prospecting and um th- there's, there's a few books to be fair uh, but the podcast Harold Prail from VanillaSoft, inside inside sales. He interviews some of the best speakers and, and um, um, sales trainers in the world, including people like, um, like Benjamin Dennehy, who's an um, uh, Australian chap based in the UK. Um, highly recommend following him on LinkedIn. People like Jeb Blunt, Anthony Iñaranu, um, Mark Hunter. But again, for me, those guys who do the, the, um, the, the outbound um, sales... Um, I've forgotten the name of them now. They do like a big outbound sales conference and they, they did it all online last year. It was incredible. Like three two three hours of just them just giving you fact, 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 and just actionable advice. Um, book wise, because I keep all my books in here, I would personally with two kind of go-to books would be Grant Cardone, the 10X rule. Right. Grant Cardone is a, um, He's a bit of a controversial figure. Like people, very much like Marmite, you have a love of like, Hagen. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the person, but his messaging in that book is just, blows my mind every single time. You just 10x everything. If you want better results, you just throw more time at it. And right. it's like, it's so obvious, but it's so good. But then this one as well, Jeb Blunt, Fanatical Prospecting. Again, an incredible, incredible, I've probably read this book 20 times. Um, Really, really good. Um, and, and again, the, for me, you've got the kind of holy trinity of Mark Hunter, Anthony Naranu, and Jed Blunt. Those three, when they come together, and again, any if you can watch a podcast with those guys all in it, involved, they ju- they're just these ideas are just absolutely mind bending. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's
0: brilliant. That's Thank I said, said. I mean, thanks for that. I've not come across them myself, and I'm a big, big bookworm when it comes to business books. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be looking them up um yeah uh, you know it's been brilliant we're not quite finished yet um what I wanted to do with this this interviewing members and that because you, you get a little bit of time to do your pitches at a networking event um but this is to go a bit more in depth to get the background of you and you know people can hear a bit more about you and how you've got to where you are and I think it's really important but I'm going to flip that now and pretend we're in a networking event because this is the business networking show and you're gonna i'm gonna give you 30 seconds now to pitch your business because this is the end of the podcast so you've got 30 seconds i'm going to time you as well oh god 30 seconds per business or is it for both of them it's for both of them this is down (laughs) okay here we go Right, right
1: go Hello, I'm Gavin Harris of Kerno Social Media Agency and Kernel Graphic Design Agency. Kerno Social Media Agency helping you to generate leads using the power of social media, focusing primarily on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. But also, when you're actually producing decent content for social media, we can also help you with the graphic design element, whether you're looking to rebrand, logo, leaflets, social media posts, anything digital or print, we can help you out, Bye.
0: 30 seconds, bang on. Was it really? <laughs> I, I, genuinely, I didn't even have my timer on either. Oh, I timed it, mate. That was absolutely perfect. And finally, to okay. finish off, how can people find you? For your social, media. Yeah, social, social media? Social um, media?
1: Yeah, um, um, best way really is through social media. We're very, very active on social media, of course. Um, if they look us up on Facebook, so Kerno Social Media Agency. Kerno is spelt down here. Um, so it's uh, K E R N O W, uh, which is um, the old Cornish word for Cornwall. Um, so there you go, little uh, another little nugget there. Um, if you find us on on um, on Facebook or website kernosocial.co.uk, this one is not currently live, but we hope it's going to be live for the next few days. It is kernographicdesign.co.uk. Um Again, we're always open to conversations. Um, I find a lot of clients, probably I would say 75% of the people I speak to don't actually use our services. They're just looking for a little bit of advice, a little bit of support, which again, I'm always happy to do because I normally find they're the people that will go away and tell five, ten other people, speak to Gavin, then hopefully one or two of those people will come board as clients. So um, that's, the,
0: uh, that's the way I've kind of grown my business and that's the way I'd like to continue to grow it as well. Brilliant. And I'll put some of the contact details in the show notes as well. So they're always out there for people. Okay. So, um, Gavin, keep doing what you're doing, mate. I think you're, you've been an inspiration starting off in lockdown. Uh, you're a very consistent networker. You're a great guy and deserve all the success. So thank you very much for being on this. Really appreciate it and look forward to seeing your business grow. Cheers, mate. Amazing. Thank you, Liam. Uh, right back to you, mate. You're an absolute legend. And, uh, thank you very much for
1: starting your partnership and helping me, uh, grow my business. So, yeah.
0: Well, there we go. Thank you to my guest today, Gavin Harris. What an inspirational guy he is starting his business during the pandemic. But as you heard, comes with a wealth of experience in sales and marketing to enable him to drive his new business forward. And we wish him all the best. This has been brought to you by Your Partnerships. If you want to know more about Your Partnerships, then please get in touch with us. You can find us on the website, www.yourpartnerships.co.uk. We run networking events all over the world. So there is always someone out there that can help you grow your business. See you soon.